Good morning, City Life. Good morning, City Lifers, and good morning, visitors. If you're here and you're visiting us for the first time, welcome. Uh, please connect with us. Hit that I'm new button down there. Uh, we want to connect. We want to live this life together. That's what we feel called to do. Uh, I want to go have some great coffee with you. Let us know. If you're in the city, you've been hanging around for a little bit, but haven't let us know that you're here, let us know, because uh, we just want to connect. We want to live this life for Jesus on board with, with anyone who comes in our doors. And so, also, if you're visiting here for the first time, today we are doing things a bit differently. We're going to be doing things differently both here online and in our in-person gathering. God willing, it does not rain again. Uh, and today is all about action, and it's very little about me speaking. Today is not about what I have to say. It's about what we feel called to do for Jesus. Uh, today, we're calling today our Spiritual Discipline Sunday because our MCs have spent uh, eight weeks discussing some of these spiritual disciplines. We've gone over this book. It's uh, the Richard Foster Celebration of, Di of Discipline. And we've been looking at like, like, what does a life that is so in love and passionate with Jesus look like? Like over the church's 2,000 year history, what have people come back to over and over and over again? What have they written about over the centuries? Like what has captured the imagination of the believers, of the church, the body that we are all a part of to keep on going back to over generation after generation? And these disciplines are so foundational to the life. It's so like marks the life of a growing, mature, dedicated, loving passionate life for Christ. Like, these disciplines are the sign of someone who just needs to have more of God. And there's a truck driving by. It's like this intentional pursuit of God's presence in every part of one's life. You know, to some, the disciplines talking about this, you know, you're so tired. You have so many questions. And you, you keep on asking yourself, like, when is it ever going to get easier? Or when am I going to connect? When am I going to get what it seems like other people have? And it might seem, the disciplines might seem like work to you. Like another thing you have to do. Another thing on the checklist. Another to-do list thing. But the disciplines in a heart that is grasped by Jesus is this intentional pursuit, an intentional effort of nurturing like God's love, nurturing awareness of His presence, uh, asking this heart that's asking God continually, like, Lord, um, I need your presence. I need to feel your presence in my heart, and I also need to see it in my lifestyle. Like, Lord, how do I just fall in love with you more and more and put it in my everyday life? How does that happen? How do I put you in my priority and also in my natural rhythms? So in this book, we looked at some, we didn't even look at this whole book, we looked at eight of the disciplines. Simplicity. Simplicity, which is this like effort to take away everything that's distracting in life. Everything that's extra, like, Lord, I need to go without it for a little bit. Part of, it, part of simplicity could be like, you know what, Lord, I make X amount of money and I want, to live off, I want to live well below my means. Or it could be like, Lord, you know what, I need to fast from this because it's just feeling like extra right now. I need to eliminate all the clutter in my life 
So simplicity is this pursuit to, like if we can borrow from the Beatitudes, to have this life that is pure in heart, single-mindedness. Like, Lord, I just want to live for you and your presence in my life. We're going to talk about the next one, solitude. We're going to talk about that in a minute. But solitude is this intentional departure from people and from noise. To say, like, Lord, you know what? The only thing I need to seek right now is your face and I hear your voice. Lord, I just need to leave everything behind for a moment, for a day, for a week, and just seek you. We talked about submission, which is this healthy self-denial. I was like, okay, you know, I'm not the only thing in this universe. I need to live with my perspective larger than just myself. Like, just go beyond the self and look about, think about others. Which leads into service, which is like attending to the needs of others. Like so much of life can be unlocked when service is a natural part of your rhythm. Like, Lord, I need to care for other people other than myself, and then maybe then I'll also be unlocked to think and really care about you, how to serve you. We also talked about confession, which is this deliberate humbling of yourself to admit to another person concretely and specifically where you are broken, where you are incomplete where you are not all that. It's this vulnerable and radical act of pursuing oneness with people so that we can open up ourselves to experiencing healing. We talked about worship, which isn't just the singing that we do for 10 minutes on a Sunday morning, but it's this like whole lifestyle of giving God all the adoration, all of the praise that He deserves as the living God, the one who is above everything else, the one who is above every name. Like, Lord, how do I do that in a board meeting? How do I worship you on my commute? How do I worship you on my way to the grocery store? How do I elevate you above everything else? We talked about guidance, which is like trusting the Holy Spirit to talk to you through other trusted people of like arranging this collection of people that you know are healthy and mature who are going after the Holy Spirit and know how to hear His voice and say like, you know what, I'm giving you permission to speak into my life empowered by the Holy Spirit. And then we also talked, the last one, we talked about celebration, which in my opinion is probably, could be the most elusive of all the spiritual disciplines. And uh, it takes us right back to where the Beatitudes ended too. It's like, like, how do we live in joy? Because we are linked to the one who made laughter, the one who brings us all joy. And so how do we also enjoy the beauty that it is to know God and be known by Him and to live life together? How do like, we celebrate profoundly that we have found the one who loves us. And so here's the game plan for today. Again, like we're trying to do this quick. I'm trying to step out of the way as quickly as I can because today is about doing and not just me speaking. And so this is what we're going to do. First, we're going to look at how Jesus practically embodied. He manifested one of these core uh, uh, disciplines of solitude. To set up like that Jesus did these. And if Jesus, the Son of Man, did these, then it could be helpful for us. And then we're going to look, and I'm going to offer up one more guiding metaphor as to what the disciplines can do, what an intentional life with Christ produces. And then we're going to go off with our assignment. I'm going to give us an assignment to do today with the rest of the time that we normally have in service. 
and then also for the whole week. Really for your whole life, but let's start with this week. And so let me pray. Pray that the Holy Spirit is with us, He's guiding us, He's empowering us. We'll read a passage and then we'll go for it. And so uh, please pray with me. Lord, we give you this morning, like we do every morning, every Sunday morning. We give it to you. We invite you, Holy Spirit, to be inundating everything, all of my words and all of what we do with what your word says, Lord. Help us to do these these disciplines to help foster and nurture and grow us in knowing your presence, in feeling your presence. Lord, uh, I ask you to be with us this morning and do what only you can do. Grow us and mature us and bring us closer to you. And I pray all of these things in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. So let's read God's word today. Today, we're doing things a little differently. If you're visiting, this is not how we normally do church. We know, we, I like to speak more than this. But let's start at John chapter 5, verse 19. It says this, So Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing on his own accord, but only what he sees the Father doing. For whatever the Father does, that the Son does likewise. I, 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 let's look at this for a moment. Jesus, the Son of Man. Jesus, the one who created everything in the world, everything that we have ever known, says over and over again in scriptures, says it specifically over and over again in John. He's like, you know what? I, I only do these incredible things. I only do it because I see the Father doing it. It's like everything that I say, like everyone around me says that I speak with so much authority. Everyone is always astonished of my teaching and what I can do. You know, I only do this because it's what I see God doing. I only say these things because it's what God speaks over me. It's like the miracles that I can perform, I only do them because I know God is like empowering me to do that. And so if the Son of Man who came down here, the one who created everything came down here and he spent so much time with the Father, he spent so much time seeking his presence and going after him, I think that like it shows us about what the life that we are supposed to live. And so let's start off talking about Jesus' solitude. This morning is a little rushed. I get that. And we're trying to do a good amount of things in a short amount of time. Uh, but we start here because like, Jesus' focus on solitude should to us show that an intentional life lived for God in His presence, if it was important enough for Jesus to take time to do, it is important for us to grasp and say, you know what, I'm not too busy for you, Lord. I need my life to reflect my values in you. And so I wanted to show us solitude because the Gospels tell us all the time that Jesus went off by Himself to pursue the, the Father's presence. Uh, when I lived in Chicago, my boss would take me on regular solitude retreats, and I learned the value of getting away, of, of unplugging, of getting all the distractions out. Us as city dwellers, right, we should know the value. We, I think we all know the value of, like, I need to get out for a moment. I need to just go, I don't necessarily need nature, but, like, I need silence. I need a break. And Jesus shows us to us over and over again. These are just a few verses in the Gospels that show us that Jesus so prioritized his, lo- his like loneliness with the Lord. Not loneliness, but getting away with the Lord. 
In Mark chapter 1, verse 35, it says, Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Luke 6, 12 and 13 says, Jesus went out to a mountainside to pray and spent the night praying to God. When morning came, he called his disciples to him. Matthew 14, 13 says, When Jesus heard that John the Baptist was beheaded, he withdrew by boat privately to a solitary place. Or even later on in that chapter, Matthew 14, verse 23, after Jesus had dismissed them, he went up on the mountainside by himself to pray. When evening came, he was still there alone. Over and over and over again in the Gospels, we see a picture of Jesus who valued his time alone with his Father. You know, this mega church pastor, this most famous speaker of his day, the it guy, right, took time out of his busy schedule because he needed to be alone with the Father. Set aside right now that he was Jesus, the Son of God, and this hyper-successful man in ministry said, you know what, I need time alone with my Father. Jesus got away to pursue presence with his Heavenly Father. And he models that for us, that we need to live intentionally, setting us aside to focus after Jesus, God's presence, to hear his voice, to see his face, and not always per, like, go after him just for what he can do for us. Right? He didn't just look after God for his hands, what he could do, but he went after his voice and his face. And so we bring that up. We bring Jesus' intense like pursuit of solitude to be like why then why build these rhythms in our lives why go after presence so hard like why is that so important we we might know the sunday school answer to that but like why really do we value this and to answer that question i want to offer us one more metaphor to the to the disciplines and it's one of a trellis let's talk about trellis uh, I, I met this pastor and, and I spent a bit of time with him uh, one time. His name was Ken Shigematsu. And he is a pretty well-known pastor in the Vancouver area in Canada. He's a Jap Canadian and Japanese pastor. And he, before coming to ministry, he was really high on the corporate ladder. Uh, and he one day realized that he was, his life was pretty meaningless. It was so successful, but so superficial. Like he felt, he never felt God's presence. And it like kind of, he went into a tailspin in life. And he went after God's presence in his life. He quit the corporate world, not because it's evil, but because he needed to. And he like, just like was after this, like, God, how do I sustain your presence in my life? And all of the busyness. And from that time, he wrote this book. It's called God in My Everything. How an Ancient Rhythm Helps Busy People Enjoy God. And a, a lot, this isn't specifically only about the disciplines, but it's the very same ideas. Like, Lord, how do we as busy people, how do we as people living in New York City area who are so smart and so successful and we have so many ambitions, like, and God, you have given us many of these dreams, like are God-given and they're, so they're good, but how do we pursue your presence how do we nurture like growing in you and loving you in our lives? Well, Ken writes this. He said, We all long for something more than the rat race. Rushing through life without ever living. We crave depth and experience of beauty 
truth, and meaning. While most of us won't take permanent vows in a monastic community, we can each learn to enjoy God's presence in our rhythms of work and rest, study and play, community and solitude. I know one of the things that I believe most strongly in life is that we have all this urge for meaning. Every single person has this pursuit of meaning deep in the fabric of just being human. And so like, it is the deepest joy that we will ever know to cultivate a posture of God's presence. Of just having our heart oriented at Him is what we were made for. Every single person was made to know God in this way and be pursuing of Him in our whole lives. That is the deepest joy of being a human is to build these activities in our lives to help us towards God's presence, to focus on who He is and what He has done for us, to build activities to help us be more intentional about even just knowing that He's there. How many of us go through the whole week and we're like, man, I didn't think about Him once all week, let alone the guilt of not reading my Bible or not praying or not like being intentional. Like I didn't think about him once, but it is my utmost hope and pray prayer that people come to this church are people who are able to connect with our God, to connect with our maker, the maker of everything, to connect with not even just this big God, but the lover of your soul the one who made you, who intimately formed you in your mother's womb, the one who promises to love every bit of you. And that, to me, when we think of the disciples in that lens, it's not work, but it is our joy. It is the highest thing that we could do with connect with this God. Now, Ken, he offers this metaphor for the disciplines for an intentional life lived to pursue God's presence. This is his foundational metaphor in his book, God in My Everything. He writes this, the word rule actually comes from the Greek word that means trellis. A trellis is a support system for a vine or plant that enables it to grow upward and bear fruit. For a grapevine to produce good grapes, it must have a trellis to support and guide its growth or it will slump to the ground. When this happens, the fruit tends to rot before it ripens. Grapevines is the grapevines in the wild will use just about anything, a tree or even a rock, as a trellis. It is part of their nature to seek structure. And I love this. I love this picture of a trellis as the picture of the spiritual disciplines. If you don't know what a trellis is, it's like you you see a lot of wooden ones like interwoven like this so that the vines can wrap around and grow upward or like in a vineyard, it's just these wires that the farmers put out so that the vines can grow and they wrap around it and so that the vine even grows more and produces more of grapes. And it's this picture of this support, that the disciplines for this heart that craves, the, craves God and wants his presence and wants to seek after him more, it's like we get these trellises that we put into our lives, these natural rhythms, these intentional things like, oh, like, Lord, let me just be a little quiet here. Lord, like, I'm too trapped in myself. Let me go serve here. And we have these trellis built into our lives to promote growth. 
because we crave structure, we seek structure, we're gonna build it. Each and every single one of us have a trellis and we're growing towards certain things. And so like, what is your trellis growing you towards? Are you only worried about your career? Like, do you only be intentional about your career or your bank account? Are you only really intentional with family outings or the joy of your family? Like, are you only really intentional about everything else in life except for pursuing God's presence in your life? But we need to be people who use the disciplines, who use any activity that point us back to God's presence. To like, Lord, I want to seek your face. Even if I just sit in your presence, that will fill me. Like, Lord, even if I sit in the room where you're in, just that proximity to you will fill my cracks. Like, Lord, you are so good and you are so holy. If I hear a, even a whisper, even a sigh from you, like, Lord, that will fill everything about who I am. And so, like, in the disciplines is this question, what, are, what is our trellis pointing us towards? And so with that, my sole goal for today is to step, step away. I'm going to be stepping down in just a minute. I'm almost done. But here's our assignment. Our assignment today is to unplug for a little bit. That's why usually I preach longer than this, and I've been trying my hardest to preach a very short period of time because I want to step away, and I want to give you time to promote presence, to pursue God's presence, to hear His voice, to tell Him, like, Lord, I'm not good at this, or I haven't done this in a long time. Or, Lord, I've never done this at all, but I want to hear from you. I want to see your face. I just want to sit in the room and know that you're there. I want to feel you in my heart and in my soul. Like, I want to feel that you're here with me. And so in a moment, I'm going to be done. And we can turn off our TVs. We turn off your tablet. You can close YouTube, however you, our church website. Turn it all off. And this is our assignment. To sit down in some silence. And then ask the God this one question. God, can I have your presence? Lord, can you meet me? God, can I have your presence? Can I hear your voice? Can you speak to me? God, can you meet me here today? And then for a moment of time, whatever seems appropriate, you listen. God, can I have your presence? And think about where your thoughts go. Think about any emotions you, that come up. Think about how hard it might be. That's valid too. But have this one question. God, can I have your presence? And sit in that. See what happens. See what comes up. And then ask him again. God, can I have your presence? And keep doing that. Five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, however long, however long you have. I know part of doing this online is that there are distractions at home, right? And it might not be ideal. You might have screaming kids. You might have a small apartment. I don't, I don't know. But take times. If you have your spouse next to you, ask them to take the kids for a few minutes and then trade so that they can do it. Uh, but we want to spend the rest of the time that we would normally have here this Sunday morning to say like, Lord, can I have your presence? Can you speak to me? 
I want to seek your face. I want to hear your voice. I know that even just being in the room with you will answer questions I've always longed to know. And then we're also going to do this all week. I want this to be more than just something I say that gets ignored, but like really, like do, do this this week. Have this one question, write it on your phone, pen it on your hand, whatever you need to do. Set a reminder on your phone. Put an alert every hour, every 30 minutes, once a day, twice a day, before you go to sleep, before you eat. Have this question ring out. Like, Lord, can I have your presence? Because that is one question that God always answers. It might be really difficult for some of us, but keep doing it until you get something. Because God loves, that's a question he always answers. He always wants to have presence. And so church, I'm going to step away because today is about action and not just about speaking. And so I want to pray for us really quick to be able to uh, do that, to be able to challenge yourself in this way. If it's raining and if we can't be at the park, uh, we'll jump on a Zoom call right after this just so that I can pray, answer any last minute questions. Uh, but if not, turn this off. Spend some time in silence and say, Lord, God, can I have your presence? So church, we love you. All of our normal rhythms are in place. Prayer calls, MCs. Hit us up. If you're new, connect with us. Uh, email me at preese at citylifenj.com. want to get to know you. And so uh, let me pray for us over our activity today, and we'll go. So Lord, um, I pray for my brothers and sisters. And I pray that you would meet us for every heart that really asks, Lord, can you give me your presence? I pray that you would give them what you know they need. I pray that we would struggle long enough to feel something real. And I pray that for some of us, it might be surprisingly easy to just sit in your presence, to disconnect. Lord, I, I pray that you build us up to be a people who are dedicated towards you. We love you. We pursue you with everything we have. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, church. We love you, and we'll see each other soon. Go and uh, have some solitude with the Lord.